Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Are you experiencing increased mobility or improved recovery times? If so, you may be suffering from Wirebug. Please consult your Monster Hunter if you have Wirebug or think you might get Wirebug. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including more rumors about a new model Switch. And then on Thursday, we're going to be celebrating April Fool's Day by shouting out our favorite Nintendo idiots. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Do you know, uh, do you know I have a question for you, Patrick. Um, when you were younger... And at like summer camp or whatever, were there times where mm-hmm. people would reenact like uh, as part of like a talent show or something like their favorite like sketches from like Saturday Night Live or from like Monty Python where they would just do the sketch? Well, in, in like a formal like setting where there's like a stage and like there's an audience or just like because I. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, in a formal no, setting, like no, they are performing so. the sketch. Yeah, I feel like there were like t- like times like high school talent shows or like uh like summer camps where as part of like a entertainment people would be like right. and now I am going to perform like this Chris Farley sketch from Saturday night right, Saturday right, right, night live right. and I cannot figure out for the life of me if this is like a thing that happened in lots of places well, and if it was is so... that the thing that still does happen <sighs> Yeah, I mean, that's really tough. Like, our kids now doing sketches from, like, I think you should leave <laughs> as <laughs> right. part of their, their, their talent shows. Um, I, I remember in, in uh, high school, there were, like, talent show acts that would be comedy sketches that were just, that were, like, basically lifting the comedic premise from an SNL sketch, mm-hmm. like, from, like, a famous one, or just, like, throwing out uh, SNL punchlines but not actually like doing the whole sketch, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um in junior high school, Mark, get this. Uh I was in a theater-ish group uh called Comedy Club that our that the uh like history teacher like put on where he wrote sketches. <laughs> and then and then junior high school kids would perform these sketches. That is such a genius idea. Your history teacher yeah. is a genius. That's so oh, yeah, that's, Miss- yeah. What a great outlet! What a great creative outlet! And like yeah. in junior high, yeah, that's brilliant. That's incredibly yeah, uh, brilliant. Russell King was the man. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, speaking of Russell King being the man, um, my copy of Sonic Forces. Would you like to borrow it? Um, you can, or you can try. Uh, all you gotta do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail dot com. Um, and give us a mailing address so we can send you my copy of this game for the Switch. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. I pay for postage both ways. It costs you nothing. Um, one thing it may cost you, uh, part of that nothing, is that um, maybe you accidentally get my copy of Untitled Goose Game. Uh, no one has any control over this. Um, you can't tame a goose, uh, Mark, as the old saying goes. You cannot tame a goose. And then uh, next announcement here is that uh, April is Kid Icarus Month. So obviously we are taking the first to do something, uh, April 1st, the opportunity to do something uh, a a little bit different and silly and fun. But on uh, the next three weeks, we will be playing all of the Kid Icarus games starting on April 8th with uh, the original Kid Icarus. I'm recommending here that you play, if you're going to play along with us, the 3D Classics version that's available on the 3DS. Um, but otherwise, it's available on Nintendo Switch Online and your um, NES Classic Edition if you have one. Um, and then on the 18th, we are playing Kid Icarus of Myth and Monsters, the Game Boy game. And then on April 22nd, we are playing Kid Icarus Uprising on the 3DS. Uh, so if you're going to play along with us, and I recommend that you do, especially for these uh, first two games, because they are like available and cheap and like weird relics of hi- history. Uprising is its own weird relic, and we will get to that when we get to it. Um, 
Mark, how 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 are you feeling about this? Uh, a, a couple uh, like a week or so out from when we start. Yeah, I'm really excited. I have not really played any of the Kid Icarus games before, and so um, this is a complete like Nintendo blind spot for me. And I'm excited to dive in. I've been playing a little bit of Kid Icarus uh, in preparation for it, but we will get there. We will get there. Right. There's, look, there's an order to the show, and next up in the order is we're going to read an email from Dustin. Dustin wrote in, uh, and the, the title of his email is, I finished Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Whoa. So Dustin has previously written in uh, a following my advice, or my haranguing, I guess, that I uh, badger everyone into, please play Dragon Quest XI S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition on the, for the Nintendo Switch, uh, because it's a good game. Uh, and Dustin, uh, a couple months ago, had taken that advice, played through um, that. And so I think he is, uh, in this email, attempting to return the favor and um, redirect me towards Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Because you purchased Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, you played a little yes. bit of it and uh, have not finished it. I have a disease wherein I bought both the Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenoblade Chronicles 2 played each of them for maybe 45 minutes and then stopped. Um, D D Dustin writes, Hey, Patrick and Mark. Uh, I'm not sure this was actually possible, but I rolled credits on Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition last night. Shockingly, it only took me like 45 hours to beat it. I was under the impression it was going to be more like 100 plus hours to beat this game, but apparently the way I ended up playing uh, helped move things along more and allowed me to get through to the end and actually enjoy myself along the way. If I had known this from the beginning, I feel like it could have been maybe 35 hours, uh, 5 to 10 of which is just cutscenes. I gotta say, the story is actually pretty fun. It took some bonkers twists and turns along the way, and I really enjoyed it once it was all done. I was not expecting to feel this way after having put the game down after a few hours when I first bought it. So, same experience here, right? Uh, 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 okay, so he goes on uh, to then give suggestions on how to actually play this game and like oh, get nice. through it uh so i uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna pound through those through those tips uh first tip turn on casual mode immediately this game was hard but not in a good way at first and required a ton of grinding to move forward in the story and i got burnt out casual mode something i acknowledged in our uh first discussion of it but i you know i got that dumb gamer hang up of like <laughs> i'm not gonna play it on casual mode um that's fine for other people but not for me i say um Follow the uh, next next tip. Follow the dotted line on your map. As tempting as it is to explore the areas, it never pays off. This is not Breath of the Wild. Mainline the game and enjoy the story and battle system rather than the minutia. Also, a hugely important tip, because uh, the game world is enormous, um, and I know I was running around. You know, when I, when I see a dotted line saying "go here," it is my instinct to go everywhere else. Right. Well, you don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> um, okay, uh, the ne next tip. The game will naturally level you as you go in casual mode, so you won't really need to grind. Just fight oh. enemies as they target you while following the dotted line, and you should be good. Um, next tip. Talk to people with an exclamation point above their head, head as you enter new cities. Gather up several quests all at once, but don't feel like you need to uh, get, uh, get all of them before you move on. You will naturally complete these quests without even having to try, and you don't need to return to the person to get the rewards. Plus, the ones you miss won't really hurt you if you don't do them. Never accept a single quest, then go, to accomplish, then go accomplish it, and then find another quest to do. You will burn out almost immediately. This is a great tip, because I like to get a quest, accomplish it, and then like move on to the next one. Uh, but it seems like just uh, gather quests indiscriminately and then keep playing the game. Two more tips. Uh, one, uh, then next, I don't know what, five? <laughs> Ignore affinity entirely. It is not important to complete the game. Great. Don't even know what that is. Um, and then the final tip is don't continually manage your equipment and don't feel the need to buy stuff every time you see a shop. You will uh, find better weapons and armor uh, in drops by defeating enemies over time naturally um and then dustin just kind of goes on to say how much he enjoyed playing the game this way um which are all good tips uh and i'm intrigued because there is something i find intriguing about the xenoblade series and have never been able to you know get over the the hump of like you know playing a what i think is going to be a 100 plus hour game yeah those are great tips uh it sounds like exactly how i want to play a game like this 
where it's just like totally. very streamlined experience, kind of like let me uh, enjoy what the game has to offer, but not kill myself looking for something in it that's not there. Yeah, I mean, Xenoblade to me, Xenoblade Chronicles is the kind of game that I want a f- like close friend or roommate to play, right? Mm, that I can like sit mm-hmm. on the couch, I can hang out with them while uh, stuff's happening. And then when they're like grinding or like finding their way through a dungeon or something, I'd be like, all right, I'll see you later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But these seem like good tips, Dustin. So thank you for writing in. Um, And uh, if if any of that sways my uh, cold steel heart uh, in in, in the weeks to come, I will report on it here in our next segment, which we are getting to right now, what we have been playing. All of my stuff is kind of old, old stuff, old news. Um, I'm, I'm still playing Fire Emblem's uh, Fates, Fire Emblem Fates Birthright. Um, I have gotten to the point now where I am actively gaming the uh, coupling to um, have the the characters have children so that the, mm-hmm. their children can join my army. It's a super fun phase uh, in both this game and in Fire Emblem Awakening, where you're like, ah, okay, like when you start to like see the matrix a little bit, and you're like, okay. So I want uh, I want to pair this character up with this character so that when they have their kid, they have higher magic resistance or whatever. Um, and so like I made a list of like, you know, I, I, I titled it my uh, Fire Emblem Fates ships um, because I, <laughs> these are these are the characters that I'm shipping together and I actively get to control that. So it's wonderful. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I, I'm, I'm making all of the all of my favorite pairings uh, have children together um, who are now fighting in my army. Um, this is a game. I know I complained in previous weeks that the the game has a lot of content or a lot of like extra content that you can pay for to right. play. Um, but there are so many just like little layers that this game reveals. Um, there there is a a castle invasion mode where you you spend like the this game doesn't have a uh, Garrick Mock monastery um, like uh, you know hub that you return to, but it does have a castle. Uh, with like a big courtyard and you just sort of like place buildings on it or like in the courtyard, uh, sort of like SimCity style. It's like an overhead map, right? Um, and then you can use the resources from the, from the different buildings to either, you know, like forge weapons or train people up on specific skills. In a lot of ways, uh, kind of forecasting the stuff that you accomplish at the monastery, right? Um, but uh, there's sort of like a, a sub game in this where you can, uh, engage in castle invasions where AI players like come in and like storm your castle and you have to defend the buildings. Um, and so like, that's a whole like element of this that I'm just starting to explore now. And there's also uh, like a, sh- there's, I guess not street pass functionality, but like, because street, no street pass, uh, it's Miiverse that's gone. Street pass still alive. Um, Cause you can't really kill it as it's a peer to peer kind of sharing thing. Oh, uh-huh. um, uh and i i am finding there must be someone within my range of like you know wi-fi bluetooth signal whatever from from the 3ds that had played this game or is playing this game oh um so like uh they can invade my castle and like try to take it down and like get rewards by doing it i can invade their castle um and like you don't you don't suffer any consequences from someone invading your castle like a real human being um it's just like they get to train themselves uh, on fighting what you have set up as, as your castle and your defenses. That's really cool. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. So you, um, I know you had mentioned before, but I can't remember exactly the details. Does this game have like a casual mode and can you turn off permadeath? Like, are there? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. You can I didn't turn realize off, that. You can turn off permadeath. You can, uh, uh, I'm I'm playing on the normal difficulty. There's like one easier than that, and there's also auto battle too. Um, if you and you can uh, engage oh. auto battle at any time. I don't know for whatever reason I thought that some of those features were new to Three Houses. I maybe maybe I should get into uh, this game because like that's the sort of settings that I like want in a Fire Emblem type game. Um, yeah, because I don't want to. I don't want to stress out about permadeath and all that kind of stuff. But like the experience sounds so cool. Yeah, yeah, and like I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, 
you know, the, the betrayal, the tragedy, like it's all just, <laughs> I don't know. But by, by the time, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm at chapter like 18 or 19 right now. Um, and I know I was only a couple chapters back uh, last week, but I've done so many of the little side chapters to recruit the, the, my character's children. Um, uh, but like, it's, it feels like I'm late in a, uh, season of television and like all the coolest stuff is like happening right oh, now. That's awesome. Um, and it's it's this infuriating thing where it's like no one can talk about it with me. Right? Like, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. This is this was my experience with um, Tokyo Mirage sessions. Yes, yeah, t- completely. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's it's doubly frustrating when you're not finished yet, right? When like a bunch of stuff have ha- like where are you going to find a person who has played seventy five percent of the way through the story <laughs> for this game and wants to talk about just that chunk of game? Right, it's impossible. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, I'm, I'm continuing to enjoy Fire Emblem Fates Birthright, which is a ice cold take from 2015. <laughs> um, so I have played Super Mario 3D World, or at least I rolled credits on it. So I got through, um, the main part of it opened up like the Star Road levels. Uh, I, I, I liked it. I ended up liking it more than I did in the beginning. It is still not one like my favorite Mario game of all time, but I have I definitely learned to appreciate it much more than in the beginning where I was a little bit more uh sour on it. Yeah. Um oh man, that last Bowser fight is I, I, I love the spectacle of that moment. It's so fun. It is. It is really fun. Um yeah. It it's great. It actually reminds me in a, a in a way like of the same sort of payoff that Odyssey has. Where you're just mm-hmm. like, ah, of course, this mechanic, like, the, or these mechanics, like, come back in this way. It really is, like, the perfect, like, cap to the experience. Yeah, and it feels, like, appropriately epic, too, right? Like, I've, I'm trying not to give things away, even though I'm pretty sure we've talked about the end of this game before yeah, on the show. Um, but there's, uh, like, uh, as, as you're climbing the, the tower, like, right at the very end of it, and you're just, like, on stairs, and, like, Bowser is busting out of walls and stuff. Um, and the camera is just like you know leading around in this circle as you're following yeah. this like spiral staircase up to the top. Um, it's all so exciting, and the music is so like grandiose and like incredible. Um, you know, kind of going back to our conversation about uh, like the sort of music video moments in um, in Mario games, like that absolutely to me qualifies as one of those. Yeah, totally. And even like talking about like the grandiose like build up to it, like uh, it you before you start climbing the tower you have to ride one of those little like uh um hanging carriages that they use occasionally and it is a really long one and it is because they want you they want to like take their time getting around it and like getting you to it because there's like uh thunder crashes and like lightning bolts and like the music and it starts to rain yeah is so epic um so yeah i i i really liked it i have played a couple of the star road levels um uh you know you, you had mentioned that well and i was trying to get like all of the stars all of the like uh flagpoles and like all that all the stamps all that kind of stuff but is there yeah. like gating like at what point does it require you to have like a certain number of stars or a certain number of this to open up the next thing yeah so i mean you, you'll see that at the end of uh each of the worlds uh in you know from because a- a- after the star world, there is a uh, a mushroom world and then a flower world. Oh, that are got all, it. Like, okay, in, in okay, special. got it. Um, and then it ends with like the crown world, which is just the like the three hardest levels that the game got has it. to offer. Um, and to get to that crown world, you need to have collected all the stars, all the stamps, and uh, finished uh, at the top of every flagpole, um, just to access it. I got it. Okay, I did not realize that after Star World there were more worlds, and so I was like thinking like Star World was essentially it. So cool, that's awesome. So there's a lot more of that game that I still have yeah. to go. Then <laughs> there, there's so much like uh, end of game content there. Um, it, it's really a, an embarrassment of riches. Um, when and the the Star Worlds are all like kind of new worlds, right, or, or new levels at, at any rate. When you get into uh, the mushroom world and flower world, that's when it starts to like really difficultly remix the levels that you've played previously. Oh, um, that's when it starts to feel like, uh, you know, not just that's for me. That's where the game starts to feel genius. So, 
wow. Okay, so yeah, I feel like I do have a lot more of this game to go. <laughs> um, wh- one thing that I haven't really been playing, but I watched and I wanted to give a shout out to was uh, the, I don't know exactly the context of why this came up, but a uh, YouTube channel, VGM Together, um, they created this medley concert called Line Them Up, a Paper Mario, the Origami King concert. And basically it's like 100, more than like 150 musicians uh, all playing their instruments in this medley of Origami King music, including people huh. like Grant Kirkhope, Lena Rain, uh, like huh. people from all over the video game community playing this music. Uh, the music from Origami King is like awesome. And so having these really talented musicians like playing it in this arrangement is a lot of fun. It's like 35 minutes, something like that. Uh, I, I think you would love it, Patrick. And I think it would intrigue you to buy play the game it i've definitely said would. before i regret uh not buying it physically because i would love to be able to loan it to you because i think you would really like it um but yeah even if you haven't played the game i think everybody should check out this concert if you just like good video game music it's a lot of fun um that's um, rad before we before we move all the way off of it um uh we did get an email about super mario 3d world from ian uh ian writes in saying hey patrick and mark i was wondering if i should play 3d world before bowser's fury or vice versa I want to know if Bowser's Fury would be a good game to play first and go in blind, or should I play Super Mario 3D World first to get the hang of the controls? Thanks for answering. Um, Mark, have, have you touched Bowser's Fury at all yet? I haven't. I haven't yet. And I'm, so I'm curious, Patrick, what your perspective is on this. Well, so, I mean, I obviously I, I played 3D World before I played Bowser's Fury. Um, and then when, the, when it came back out on Switch, I played Bowser's Fury right away because that was brand new content for me. Um, I do think that playing Super Mario 3D World does provide like a solid foundation as, as to like how the physics and power-ups work in that game. Um, Bowser's Fury as like an evolution of that or as like a subversion of that, I think is I, I think that's the way to experience that game. Um, so my recommendation would be to, to play 3D World first. But if you're not, if it is different enough that I don't think you necessarily have to enjoy one to enjoy the other um and i think it is probably easier right now for like a new new player like completely new uh, especially if you have experience with super mario odyssey to jump right into bowser's fury but i I think generally speaking 3d world play 3d world first um especially if you have someone to play it with uh the co-op experience there is just awesome it's just awesome I actually have a 3D World question for you because uh, you're my you're my go-to 3D World expert. So you know Thank the you. slot machine like bonus games like um with like the Sprixies where you like go in. Is there it, those seem impossible. any reason to do any of them? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly that. Like, and they seem impossible unless I assume the way like you're supposed to get the bonuses is by having four people and going in there and all jumping at the same time. Because otherwise, I don't know how you get more than, like, I've gotten two matches out of the four just by luck. Yeah. Um, no, um, Mark, I will be honest with you. I had forgotten that those, I, for, I had forgotten what the inside of one of those slot machines looked like. <laughs> um, because when they pop up on the screen, it's just like, okay, next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I am not even going to go to it. Um, fair enough. Okay, last thing. I've been playing uh, the original Kid Icarus. I picked up the 3D Classics version. Uh, and obviously we're going to be devoting an entire episode to it. So, uh, I don't want to talk about it too much now only to say that like, I am glad that I picked up this game after so long hearing about it, being intimidated by it. I am uh, excited to actually be playing it. I'm looking forward to talking about it more in just a couple of weeks. Awesome. So we will put a pin in that until like a week and a half from now. <laughs> um, uh, and then the last two things I've been playing, I did, because we know it's going away, I've been playing Super Mario Brothers 35, um, which, you know, really no new observations about that other than uh, it actually is a surprisingly, like, fun formula, like a fun way to remix the Super Mario Brothers experience. If they ever want to do this with uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 as the as the base form of this game, or Mario Brothers 2, or Super Mario, Brother, Super Mario World, or whatever, like, I'm on board. Uh, that that yeah, give me more reasons to play those classic levels. I love it. Ooh, that'd be fun with Super Mario Brothers two, where you have like people playing different characters. Like, oh my that would god, be a mess. that'd be fun. <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be so good. Uh, and then uh, I could, uh, obviously will never stop playing Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Um, 
but uh, I I logged in on Sunday or Saturday or something, and Zipper was there. It's Bunny Day again, um, which is uh, like a horrific little reminder that we've uh, been doing this for a year. And it is Bunny Day again. Um, I got to show Sarah all of the like dumb things that Zipper does, like trying to hide the zipper on the back of his costume uh uh from the player. Um, and also that, like, if you walk far enough away, he stops hopping and just, like, relaxes and sighs. It's so funny. Um, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to ask if there, I don't know if, I haven't been following it closely. Are there new items this year for Bunny Day? Or, like, if you've crafted everything last year, like, you're, that's just it. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I don't think there are any new um, DIY recipes. So I don't think you can craft anything new. But there are bunny day items in my shop now um mm-hmm. which are like special and weren't there last year but i also don't know if maybe they would have been there if i had I, I, now i don't re- you know really remember where yeah. i was in the game when bunny day came along um but like uh yeah i may not have had um uh nook's cranny uh totally upgraded by that point it is interesting now just like the different outlook that you can have on bunny day when you are no longer in the like intensely gathering resources mode of that game um that like i'm not chopping down trees every day i'm not you know uh hitting the rocks out of rocks um and i'm not like fishing a bunch so like i don't get bummed out when i accidentally or when i get like a wood egg or something i'm not you know it's not like a, a make or break it deal for me um like it was when bunny day you know happened during the first week of gameplay uh last year um, all right, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Well, after the blockbuster week of uh, Monster Hunter Rise, a game that, now that I'm thinking about it, neither Patrick or I uh, picked up, or, but um, Monster Hunter Rise or uh, Balan Wonderworld. Um, there you what, go. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a quieter week is basically what I'm trying to say. The one game that I did want to give a shout out to, because uh, I love really specific simulators, is mm-hmm. Train Station Simulator is releasing this Thursday, April 1st on the Switch eShop. And um, it is exactly what it sounds like. So basically, you are the manager of a train station. And so you install the ticket machines. Or let me actually, I will read directly from... Please. Uh, the description for the eShop. Train Station Simulator is a station builder and manager game. Install ticketing machines, monitors, appliances, place benches, and dozens dozens of other public space-related objects. Um, I love this. I love, uh, just like I love, um, like, uh, Driving School Simulator or whatever it was called. Like, this game sounds really specific in the way that I love, where it's all about, like, create designing your station to be like the best like uh transportation center that it can be it includes 24 different types of passengers including vandals and like i just love everything about this if anybody is playing this game or any other type of specific simulator please write in and tell us about your experience uh yeah, i would love please. to hear it i'd love to yeah. hear people's enthusiasm for this sort of stuff yeah, I mean, uh, last week I mentioned that I had played the the A Train um, demo, uh, which is you know a, a train simulator, but it's like a whole train network simulator where you have to like sim city that noise and like really understand what's going on. And I got intimidated by the systems and refused to uh, <laughs> to learn anything. Um, so yeah, if anyone is is playing any of these games and having a good time with them, we would love to hear about it. Write into us, Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Um yeah, uh Mark, I see also on the list that there's a game coming out on April 2nd, Friday, um, called Goodnight Night. Um, and obviously night the second night is K-N-I-G-H-T. Um, why isn't that good night good night? <laughs> well maybe there's some like really complex um uh oh what is the word like I'm a morality for? system <laughs> yes exactly a morality system so who's to say whether it's a good night or not okay well then let me pitch let me pitch the new if there's a morality system let me pitch a new title good night good night comma good night bad night 
<laughs> I'm into it. I, I love it. I would buy that game. Um, all right, Mark, let's get out of these new releases. Which, of course, brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers did not play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, today we are talking about fruity candy, as suggested by Dominic back when we were doing our 433 episode. Um, Fruity candy, how do you feel about it? Ooh, so I love candy. Um, I mm-hmm. like a good fruity candy, but there are certain like fruits that I'm immediately like, no, don't want, don't need. I don't think it's gonna be so a surprise even, to anybody. That- even within like one line of fruity candies, right? That there there are kind like fruit flavors in like in uh, Skittles or Runts or something that you're avoiding individual flavors. Yeah, exactly. And I think like probably, uh. I, I'm not blazing any new trails when I say that, like, the banana-flavored anything is not something that I want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because um, to tell you what, that banana flavor doesn't taste like bananas. No. I mean, I guess the deep, dark secret of all of these is, like, none of the fruity candies taste well, anything remotely <laughs> <laughs> like the actual fruit that gives them their name. I think when I think of the quintessential, like, the er fruity candy i think of cherry uh jolly ranchers that to me is like the perfect fruity candy it doesn't taste anything like cherries but it uh that that is what immediately that's what immediately comes to mind see for me what immediately comes to mind and i think it's just look runts uh, they they had something they they were doing something right when they made them look like that when they give them the shape of the fruit that they're supposed to be flavored as like that's smart none of the other fruit candies i mean i guess like uh fruit snacks do that sometimes but i feel like fruit snacks are not that's true (laughs) no no they're nutritious (laughs) yeah barely (laughs) (laughs) i've heard this argument before and i do not believe it (laughs) um i you mentioned in jolly ranchers also gave me like a little bit of a flash of like now and laters um that like now and laters yeah i mean now and laters are interesting because they're like uh gross like they the texture is horrible like now and laters i ate them for sure as a kid but that's because i had access to them as an adult as a learned adult with discerning taste i would i would turn my nose up at a now and later word given to me yeah uh, they're also, and this is a problem with Jolly Ranchers too, is that they're all individually wrapped. What are we doing? <laughs> well, and I guess like you, you have to with those candies because otherwise they'll like stick together in a bowl or bag or yeah, something. That's exactly what I was thinking. Could you imagine just like a big, and it's not just that they would stick together. It's that like hair or anything that was like loose <laughs> or in the air would stick yeah. to them. So I'm imagining yeah, going right. into like, you know, a, a elementary school front office and just a big bowl of like stuck together, um, jo- like Jolly Ranchers that have just yeah, attracted like pocket lint, <laughs> pennies, anything that uh, got stuck to them. Not a bad uh, idea for like me... an art installation. No, that's true. And just like spritz a little water on them and just like let them <laughs> melt into each other. Yeah. Uh, let me let me ask you about the uh sour patch um sour apple like O's. What are, what are your thoughts on those? I, I I don't know if that counts as like a a fruit candy or not. Oh, interesting. Um, so uh, to my knowledge, and I'm only saying this out of love and because I'm a sour patch like I really like sour patch kids. Um, right. you're a purist. I. I I don't believe that they have O's. I think that is a different, like, Sour Patch Kid mm. has, they have watermelon slices, um, but I think the they O's are, true. and I could be wrong. It has happened before. I would be sad because, like, talking about Sour Patch Kids is kind of my go-to thing, but um, it's possible that no, I'm No, you're mistaken. right. You're right. No, you're, you're right. What, who, who, who makes the candy that I'm thinking of? 
Um, what is- Haribo might make them, or uh, possibly just like the generic, you know, like you just go to the grocery store or the gas station, and there's yeah. like a thing of O's. Um, I l- like them. I-, I can't tell if that was applause or not. Was that applause? It was the, cut that's, off right that's now? the applause. All yeah. Right. We're, okay. We're, yeah. All right. You're getting, you're getting the music. Um, all right. Uh, we were accompanied today by pianist Kyle Shaw. Mark, let's get into the news. Our boys at Bloomberg are helping us out again with some more new Switch rumors. They love talking about this. They love it. It's uh, and when do you think we'll stop? Probably when it's announced. But like, <laughs> it just seems like we are doomed now. Sentenced to talk about like, look, guys, probably there's a new version of the Switch coming out, and like every week we're gonna find out like a little bit more. Um, but I, I do feel like at some point I do feel like at some point we're just going to run out of like new things to talk about on this um, but here is here is this week's assortment so um, citing unnamed room uh, sources a new switch model will feature an upgraded NVIDIA chip quote with better graphics and processing okay uh, uh-huh. along with a better CPU and more memory the new switch would support DLSS, which stands for Deep Learning Super Sampling, which is basically like fancy upscaling. So it takes your visuals and renders them in 4K, possibly. Um, yeah, which is different than like generating true 4K visuals. But can I tell the difference? <laughs> Do I have a 4K TV? No, I, I don't. So to me, it would really make no difference. Um, DLSS does require custom code to work. So it doesn't sound like uh, these are like upgrades that'll be applied to older titles automatically. You won't just plop in your um, copy right. of Hello Kitty Cruisers and have that be upscaled to 4K. It's something that uh, will have to be enabled. So that's, that's basically the rumors of new stuff. Um, Bloomberg Intelligence's Matthew Canterman speculated that the newer model could be anywhere from $50 to $100 more expensive than the current base model switch. He said, quote, I still think Nintendo can drive strong demand even at $399.99, end quote. Um, telling you, like, you're right, Patrick, it, you know, where there's smoke, it really seems like there's fire. But uh, I I don't know charging like a hundred dollars more for this it I don't know the whole thing just feels very um I just I'm really curious to see how it all plays out yeah me too um I that that last bit about like I mean that that's just pure speculation right like especially I'm saying I I I still think Nintendo can drive strong demand at uh three ninety nine ninety nine like yeah could drive demand but like I don't know. I, I, I've i been a fan of Nintendo too long to uh, think that they are truly responding to demand ever, right? Like, Nintendo puts out what they want to put out at the price they want to put it out at, and sometimes they'll respond to there being not enough demand by reducing prices, but I don't really ever see them as, uh, you know, like, they could have put the Switch out at a higher price point than 300 in the first place. Um, you know, it was impossible to get and people loved it. And it's a system that when it came out in 2017, probably was worth more than $300. And you know, it is because people paid more than $300 for it when they picked it up from secondhand sources. Um, so I don't, I, I don't buy the, I don't buy this line of logic basically is what, is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just, it's the, the part that's difficult for me is like, I, I'm so focused on like what Nintendo has done on the past. So sometimes it's hard for me to see them like breaking those patterns, which is totally possible. But, you know, I'm just thinking like the closest analog that I can, we can think of in, and by we, I mean me in uh, like modern Nintendo history is the new 3DS or the new 2DS. And the new 2DS, I think was more expensive than a regular 2DS because that thing was pretty cheap. But the, the new 3DS my memory, and this is just based on what I remember, is that it was the same price as the um, the outgoing model. But the thing that, like, so I think that is true. I think that is a, a thing. But then on the other hand, the stuff that they're saying is in this new version of the Switch, like, 
yeah, like it does sound like it makes more it makes sense for them to charge a premium for this. And so like the part that I'm trying to um like figure out is like okay, like how does Nintendo brand this and like how does Nintendo approach yeah. this? And you know, we've talked about this before where uh initially I was like I don't think there's any way that they're really going to have a bunch of software that is like only for this new system. But then on the other hand, you're like, well, okay, then the other way to sell it would seemingly be to talk up its tech specs, which is also not something Nintendo is very right. like historically known to do. And so one of those two things feels to me like it has to give. Yeah, I mean, unless what they're doing is truly just like upgrading the future of the Switch and like they don't call it a new product. It is just the new uh, $299 Nintendo Switch and just it you know slowly phases out the the older version we've already seen them do this once on a much smaller degree um with the the version that had the new chipset that made the battery life last longer um but like you know some of this stuff some of like the improvements may actually make their production cheaper right like they they got this uh 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 influx of um touch larger touch screens from samsung because there were too many of them so like and in some ways they're making up the money on the buy right? If they can make their uh, systems cheaper um, and sell them at the same price, even if it's a better piece of technology, like that's just something that happens with time. Um, so like, I think it's possible that this thing uh, just becomes the new Switch and we, they stop selling the old one. Yeah, that's interesting. Because like almost like the, like a MacBook or iPad model totally. where, you know, they introduce a new base model and it's just like, no, it's just the it's just the new MacBook. Like when yeah. now when you are buying a MacBook, that is the one that you will get. And so yeah, that would be unprecedented. Not I feel like like not just for Nintendo, but for like video games, and for gaming in general to be like such a massive upgrade and just have it kind of like take the life, take the place of the old one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, like I said, like, I have no idea. Like, I think you're right. I think that is a total possibility. Well, it's also, I mean, the the thing that makes it, like, so tricky to think about, like, what Nintendo's going to do next with the Switch is that, like, they're so different from generation to generation, right? Like, when Nintendo puts out a, when anyone else puts, puts out a new console, you just look at what their previous console is, and you're like, okay, that, but bigger. Um, and, like, Nintendo has not done that um in a long time like maybe the last time being uh in 2001 from the gamecube to the or from the nintendo 64 to the gamecube right um everything else has been uh not a leap so much as just like a morphing into something totally different um so like uh, you know i don't i don't know it's a, nintendo like the mario uh series uh we learned last week is impossible to predict yeah yeah i think that's a good way to put it uh, Monster Hunter Rise launched last week, and by most metrics, it seems like it was has been a huge success. Uh, so as of Monday when we're recording this, Rise is sitting on a Metacritic score of 87. With the increased mobility uh, facilitated by the wire bug frequently cited as the strongest improvement for the franchise, the game is also being praised for its looks and performance with um, really quick load times and other improvements to, like that. I was not at all tempted to get this game. And then in once the reviews started coming in, like I was getting hyped on it where I was like, cause you know, people were saying like, wow, this is like the best switch experience since breath of the wild. And it's like, I love breath of the wild. Like, is this a game that I need of to get? Of course you do. <laughs> um, so I, I did not purchase it. I put it on my watch list because eventually when it goes on sale, I think I might be interested in it. Um, just because my history of sampling monster hunter games in the past, I've never really been right, able to get good. into one, but um, this is, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's especially interesting to hear like the buzz about the aforementioned wire bug um, that it, you know, makes it so that you're able to traverse the environment a lot faster and like, um, you know, get, get up after being knocked down uh, by an enemy, like quickly, um, like quickly and like mobility and all that kind of stuff are not adjectives that I, or adverbs that I, uh, ascribe to monster hunter in general um my biggest complaint with those games is always that i feel so slow um and like i don't have any uh 
direct control over what's happening to the character like those wind up frames of animation are just too too there's too many of them um and it kind of freaks me out a little bit to not have that much direct control but it sounds like this game is addressing that in at least some capacity like you i now have it on my uh like list of things to pay attention to if it ever drops in price or gets like a big update or something um but yeah i did also also uh resisted hype this weekend and did not buy it yeah. Uh, Capcom's website announced on Monday that Monster Hunter Rise had already shipped 4 million units worldwide after one weekend. Uh, in the UK, physical sales of Monster Hunter Rise are double that of Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. And also in the UK, Monster Hunter Rise is the second biggest launch for the franchise. Um, they were 43% lower than Monster Hunter World, though, of course, uh, Nintendo doesn't reveal digital sales numbers and World launched on multiple platforms. Right, so making that a virtually unusable number for any <laughs> for any any conversation about how how the series or this game is doing, but it does seem like it's selling well and is being well received, which um you know uh uh worth pointing out that it came out on the same day as that Balan Wonder World, um another like you know pretty high profile release from a big uh, Japanese publisher, um and uh you know that. You know, well, what one game is a seemingly a huge success, and the other is uh, not. A new cheat code for cheat code for Kirby sixty four: The Crystal Shards has been discovered twenty one years after the game was released. This was demonstrated by Japanese Twitter user Shiro Kirby and reposted and translated by uh, Grant Ample. Um. So earlier today, th- this is the quoting the tweet. Earlier today, someone 2639 discovered a hidden cheat code in Kirby 64. If you plug in a second controller, then hold L and press C up, C up, R, C, right, C left, then start, your third file will have 100% completion. Uh, which, I mean, kind of begs the question of like, what, what? Why? Why? <laughs> Why open a save file to 100% completion? I guess uh, just to if if you're able to navigate around in like a menu or whatever that you have everything uh, uh, available to you. But it's neat that somehow people are discovering new cheat codes. I, I'm always curious. I'm always curious how something like this gets discovered because um like that combination of inputs is so long and specific and complex it's like it doesn't feel like something you could really happen upon but right how else so yeah i i always wonder how this stuff comes up like did somebody really just try it like enough combinations and then eventually found something was it like seeded by a developer like were they looking at code like i have no idea how this works. If anybody has any idea how these things are discovered, I would love to know because uh, it just seems miraculous like this, that something like this could ever be found. Yeah, I mean, even with a game, the, the, the thing that's like especially weird about it is that it's Kirby 64. Like, when is the last... I know there's a lot of like pouring over a lot of Nintendo 64 games, right? Like Super Mario 64 and like uh, Ocarina of Time, in particular, Star Fox as well, are games that people have like, discovered and like dismantled every single corner of and you know have just like ap- absolutely broken and torn apart um but like kirby 64 is not one of those games <laughs> yeah i guess it i guess it has its fans i guess it has it its must. fans uh the 2021 bafta game awards were given out this weekend and some nintendo and switch console exclusives were among the winners so hades was the big winner of the night uh, for best game and performer in a supporting role that went to Logan Cunningham for voicing Hades, Achilles, Poseidon, uh, Charon, and the storyteller. Wow, doing uh, um, a lot of work on that game. Yeah, they, there are like six or seven voice actors in that game, uh, you know, voicing like 40 or 50 characters. It's, it, it's, it's pretty cool. It also won for narrative, game design, and artistic achievement. Um, but Animal Crossing New Horizons also won a few. It won for multiplayer. And Games Beyond Entertainment. Okay, so Games Beyond Entertainment it is a weird category. Um, seemingly, the rest of them are all like games with like uh, socially conscious messages or some sort of like progressive bent to them. I don't know oh, why Animal Crossing in for this category, like why it was considered Games Beyond Entertainment. 
other than it was just like the pandemic game. I think I think that's a my guess would be that is the reason why. Um, but let's talk interest- about this multiplayer. Let's talk about <laughs> multiplayer. What is going on? The multiplayer in Animal Crossing, well, novel and like a fun way to actually like interact with people. It was is virtually busted in the way that you have to um like just sit in loading screens anytime you visit someone's island or someone visits your island. Um it it, it won multiplayer game over Fall Guys. Fall Guys. Uh <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima and Sackboy Big Adventure, a big adventure and Valorant. Like what is going on? I mean, I I think to your original point, I I think because it was the the game of the pandemic, right? And being able to especially yeah. when it came out like visit your friends in the game and all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, that's why I would vote for it for multiplayer. And so I imagine with its pairing in games beyond entertainment, that that's probably what was on everybody's mind. It is funny to me that it lost family game um, to Sackboy at Big Adventure, but you have a note here and I agree with you that I think there is some amount of Anglo bias um, because totally. uh, Sackboy won the award for, for best British game. And so I think um, the fix was in for Homeboy there. Yeah, no, that 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 tracks for me. Um, obviously, Animal Crossing is the best family game of the year. What are we even talking about? <laughs> Katana Zero fans are still waiting for the DLC that was promised at the release of the game. Um, but we actually got an update this past week, which I was so excited about because uh, I loved Katana Zero, and I'm really looking forward to this DLC whenever it drops. Uh, creator Justin Standor. Um, had a post on ASCIISoft's official Tumblr page and provided some updates, including that the DLC is now six times as long as was originally planned. Quote, that's a bit over half the size of the main game. This means more levels, mechanics, enemies, bosses, and intertwined story elements. It's less like a DLC and more like Katana 1.5, which, wow, that sounds incredible, especially because he, it is promised to still be a free update and while there is no uh, specific answer on release date, because um, they don't know yet, they're working on it. The update says that the content is all planned out now. And so it is just like working and QAing and designing and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, this is this sounds really cool. It sounds like basically whenever this comes out, we're essentially going to get a free sequel, which um, is awesome. Um, and I, I know you really enjoyed the, uh, the, the base game. Do you think you will still go back to it or like, uh, do you feel as though like the game has passed you by at this point? Oh no. I think when the DLC comes out that I will for sure, You'll um, get right back in. Yeah, I think so. I think that the part that'll be interesting, um, I, I can't remember exactly what your experience with the messengers DLC was, but, uh, I wonder if like the, it'll have been so long that like jumping in to the DLC mm-hmm. will be intimidating. Um, I'll be interested to see if they kind of like ease you into it in the sense that, yeah, it has been so long. So like, we're going to give you a little bit of time to like warm up and relearn the mechanics or if it's something where uh, it would behoove me to like play the game again in the yeah. lead up to the new DLC. Get so a running get start. In the groove. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my experience with the messenger DLC, just uh, quickly, it is uh, enough of a side story that like it's sort of cordoned off from the rest of it. Um, mm-hmm. And the way the game plays uh, is so like intuitive feeling to me that like, um, you know, when, when I got back into it, I just like got back into it. And it it oh, kind of snapped it. right into place right, right away. And it was super fun. Mark, I have one quibble with this um, uh, announcement um, that it, it's less... Uh, the 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 Tumblr post says it's less like a DLC and more like Katana 1.5. Friend, this is Katana Zero, not Katana <laughs> One. So it's more like Katana 0.5. Great point. A great point. Ooh, yeah, my hype deflated just a little bit. Just a little. It's bit. All I'm. It's, I'm just here to ruin anything that anyone's excited about. <laughs> uh Daedalic Entertainment has released the first trailer for The Lord of the Rings Gollum, which is a story-driven action adventure game uh based on Gollum's escape from Mordor prior to the events of The Lord of the Rings. And it actually it looks to me that it is very much like a stealth game in the traditional sense of mm-hmm. like like here is a game which I feel like we don't really give games like this very much anymore where it's just like no, this is a game based on stealth. 
Like the main mechanic is being stealthy. Yeah, we don't get too much uh gameplay in the trailer, but like there there is a, a little bit of him. Like I think the only thing that stands out in my mind is like Gollum kind of like shimmying across like a ledge or like a beam or something. And you can clearly see where it's like, oh yeah, there's little marks there, so you know that you can like climb or vault the thing there or whatever. Um but and then like a, a lot of the rest of the trailer is just sort of like Gollum writhing as he is wont to do. <laughs> uh you know, hol- holding his head. Um but it's a uh, yeah it's it's interesting to me like I feel like this game has been in the works for a while now right um and obviously we're still a ways off as it's a 2022 release um but I think it's interesting that it is they're still like targeting Switch right um along with like all the rest of the platforms uh, and I think the like sort of graphical representation uh, in the trailer um kind of shows that to me like at, at scale and like in invested in the art style like it looks pretty cool right like it has it's not quite like peter jacksony um but like it's obviously borrowing some elements of that um but like when uh there's a moment in the trailer where Gollum is like clutching the top of his head and like the hair looks kind of lo-fi right like it looks kind of polygony um uh but like if that's i don't know there's something like comforting to me knowing that they're developing it for the systems that wouldn't be able to handle something more graphically intense. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I have never heard of the studio before. I don't know what else that they have worked on. Like this seems like a really big license. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's, I will be, I'm just really curious to see how this turns out. Right. Like stealth games are not necessarily my thing. Yeah. I really love Lord of the Rings. I think it's, really an interesting take on this world that isn't um or an interesting like form of gameplay that isn't just like what we i feel like we normally see which is just like hey it's so it's lord of the rings so it's a war game um because that's what lord of the rings is in video games so yeah i i think it's just going to be it's just gonna be really interesting i think they're lucky that if it if it is like a stealth game that they have um the eye of sauron because what's a stealth game without like uh spotlights, right? That you have to avoid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like what a what a cool like cutscene they can uh jump to every time you're discovered is just like the eye flaring up. <laughs> <laughs> and then a game over screen. Uh yeah, I don't know. This it seems pretty cool. Like I don't know. I I've I've never had uh success like getting invested in a Lord of the Rings video game before. Um especially since like the movies came out which of course that was 20 years ago. Um but like that they're 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 so in the like sort of vein of like recreating the movie moments. Um and the fact that this is uh you know taking from outside of uh the the actual events of yeah I guess like t- technically taking place like during Lord of the Rings. Um but before we where like the narrative is spending any time with Gollum seems like there's a lot of space to like do some pretty harrowing stuff to that poor little guy. Yeah, I think so too. I um I also just like I like I played Shadow of Mordor or whatever the first oh, yeah, one sure. of those like uh of Mordor games was and I I liked it, but um I I think what intrigues me about this Gollum game and we've we're talking a lot about a game that doesn't come out till 2022. But yeah, I right. I love Lord of the Rings, so like yeah, I'll totally We're talking talk about, about Lord of the Rings, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> The thing that's interesting to me about like a Gollum about this Gollum game versus like that those uh, Mordor games because those were fun but it very much was like okay here's we're just building this um you know like action game it's like a store it's a yeah. sword simulator essentially like it's all about combat and uh we just have the Lord of the Rings license to entice people but like it is in no way related to the themes or ideas or uh that are being expressed in Lord of the Rings and so I think having more potentially of like a game that is focused on this singular character would be is an opportunity to um present more about what Lord of the Rings is other than just the aesthetics of it. Yeah. Well and I, th- I think this is a great point because Lord of the Rings is a softer franchise than I think the video game industry gives it credit for. Um I think we see too many hard fighty war focused uh games uh in in the lord of the rings as as a franchise um when like so much of lord of the rings fandom especially since the movies uh has been um you know 
uh, like softer, more fantasy focused, more interested in like the romantic elements of it. Um, and not saying that this Gollum game is necessarily leaning into uh, that directly, <laughs> but like it's it's something different, right? If it's not yeah, just like totally. a, a hyper violent like hack and slash game, like it has a a different appeal that is maybe more in line with what Lord of the Rings fans actually are now. Yeah. I completely agree. Completely agree. But again, the game uh, is planned for release in 2022, so we'll have many more opportunities to talk about it in the future. Yeah. Um, around this time last year, it was announced that former Nintendo of America president Reggie fils was joining the board of directors for GameStop. But according to GameStop's latest SEC filing, Reggie, along with some other board members, will be leaving the board in June. Um, the Oops. filing stresses that this isn't due to any strategic disagreements. Uh, I think their like stock options that they got for being board members um, become actionable uh, around this time. So I, I mean, I don't know what's going on, obviously, but I wouldn't surprise me if, with um, the you know like uh, kind of like uh, um, more active new member like investors and like board of directors and everything if like a bunch of them are like this is a great time for us to leave because the stock is significantly more valuable than it was when we arrived and um so yeah good for them good yeah. for them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it is funny because it, it's it's a it's a confluence of things right it's it's the the stock manipulation from a couple months ago um that artificially drove the price of game stock uh game stop stock uh, so high, and the release of a new generation of console hardware um, that like made uh, GameStop like financially relevant again. Um, but like, yeah, they like look to the distance, and there's nothing but drought there. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. And I mean, I guess like they can continue to sell um, PlayStation Five and uh, Xbox Series systems uh, as they actually come available and eventually the whatever the new switch is um but yeah I totally like get out while the getting's good it's funny how little time uh reggie was on this board of directors well i bet it was a great paycheck so um again yeah. round of applause for reggie get in that coin uh and finally we talked about this last week but just a real reminder if you are interested in picking up either super mario 3d all-stars or Fire Emblem, Shadow, Dragon, and the Blade of Light. March 31st is your last chance to do so. Tomorrow is your last chance to do so. So um, just be forewarned. There's actually a bunch of stuff going on. Like, uh, well, But first of all, obviously, physical versions of Super Mario 3D All-Stars are, all, are still out there. They're not being removed from shelves. But uh, the, they won't be printing more of them. So uh, if you're looking for physical versions, now's a great time to do it. If you had purchased a digital code before March 31st and you have don't redeem it before the March 31st deadline, that's okay. It will continue to work for an unspecified amount of time, so probably just in perpetuity because uh or when however long your download code is valid for if when you buy that it has an expiration on it. Yeah, I I, I would guess that uh the the they're going to keep those active for a, a pretty long time. Um if for no other reason than like it just needs to be available on the store to re-download. So like if you have purchased the game previously and you took it off your system uh, and you just want to re-download it, you will still be able to do that going forward. Also, Mar Super Mario Brothers 35, the uh, uh, game that was available for Nintendo Switch Online players, is disappearing at that time too. So you won't be able to download the software. It's not going to be playable. Even if you already have it, it is gone. Um, Double also, March 30th today, I believe, is the last day you can upload levels to the original Mario Maker on Wii U. The bookmark site will also be discontinued after today, uh, but you can still play levels that were uploaded before the deadline, but they won't be accepting any new levels. And then triple also, and uh, likely unrelated to the other games, Disney Art Academy on the 3DS is coming off the eShop on March 30th at least according to notices on the Japanese and European eShops, but there's no reason to think that uh, North America would be immune. Um, so, you know, pour one out for adding new levels to Mario Maker on the Wii U, uh, for Disney Art Academy, for Super Mario Brothers 35, for Super Mario 3D All-Stars, and for Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light. 
Um, Mark, it feels like uh, there's there's room for more Nintendo stuff, right? <laughs> like, let's get some announcements. Yeah, yeah, I know. It'll be, I mean, I, I guess we do know uh, what's coming in the next few months. Like, next month we have news Pokemon Snap, and then I can't remember if we're getting Famicom Mystery Club. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Of course, of course. And then June is the new um, Mario Golf. But yes, I think, ooh, did we ever, have we learned more about like what that virtually three is going to be? I'm really curious if Nintendo is going to be like part of it or like what is the point for them to be part of it since they do their own thing anyways? I don't know. It'll right. be interesting to see. Yep. So anyway, pick up any of those games if you want them. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you liked the episode. You can also share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. We appreciate it greatly when you do. It's fun to get new listeners uh, on, on board with uh, what we do here. You can follow us at, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at NinCart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. Rachel, do you like Disney movies? Yeah. yeah. Have you seen all of them? Yeah, we saw all the Disney animated movies. And we saw all the Pixar animated movies, too. How about the DCOMs? What? what? The Disney Channel original movies. You should listen to our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault, because we are watching all of them in chronological order. Yeah, and we do fun segments, like we cast each other. That's right, and my favorite segment, Zaddy Watch, where we rank every single DCOM daddy. Ooh, you can listen to all this fun stuff on our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, guys, let's get back in the vault. It's cold out here. Campfire.